Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zerah Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. God is a God that gives us change, that we go through periods of transition. And as we submit to his instruction, we are going to be moving closer and closer to where he would have us to be so that we can do the things that he would have us to do. And as always, we have to ask ourselves a question. And that is, do I really want to be in God's will? And do I really want to do the things that are related to his purposes? If we're sincere when we say, yes, we do, then God's going to move in our life. He's going to equip us. And one of the great things that God has given to us, and I'm speaking about the wonderful provision of his word. We find that God's word is written down in a way that always gives us instruction, meaning this. There's nothing in this book that is casually given to us. Everything that is written down is written in a manner, in a way, so that we can glean revelation, that we can understand his truth, that we can submit to that and be changed, be transformed by our desire to serve God. And that is a very important principle. You are not going to experience the change that God wants you to experience unless you want to serve him. And it's that service, that doing his will, that is going to have a great impact in changing you and conforming you to the man or the woman that God wants you to be. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to Sefer Yehoshua and chapter 3, the book of Joshua and chapter 3. Now, this is a critical experience for the children of Israel. They are going to do something. They are going to cross Nahar Yarden, that is the Jordan River, and enter into the land of promise. Now, Moses, when we go back, for example, into the book of Exodus, and Moses is speaking about this, this entering into the land, Moses is under the assumption that when the children of Israel, he thought under his leadership at that time, would enter into the land, the kingdom would be inaugurated. There would be an immediate kingdom experience. We know that the children of Israel did not enter into the land of Israel by means of Moses' leadership. Moses, although he was a great servant of God, he was not perfect. And therefore, one of the punishments for Moses failing to sanctify the name of God for Moses taking things and matters into his own hands. Because of that, God said to him, you are not going to enter into the land of promise. And therefore, we know the name of our book, the book of Joshua, 
it's going to be Joshua that brings the people into the land that his leadership is going to bring them across the Jordan River. And this is what we're going to study in chapter 3 of this book of Joshua, the crossing of the Jordan River. Now, there's going to be some similarities, great similarities, between that crossing and what took place 40 years earlier when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, specifically Yam Suf, the Sea of Reeds. We're going to see that there was that miraculous power of God manifested that stopped the waters that is parted the sea. And now we're going to see that the Jordan River is going to be altered. It's going to as well stop in order that the children of Israel might cross the Jordan on dry land. And again, it's only God that stops rivers and does so miraculously and then restores them back to his order. So what we're going to see with the children of Israel crossing the Jordan River, how they did it, who they were following, all of this has great significance. And if you miss out on what's emphasized here, you're not going to learn the principle that that this chapter is really teaching us, emphasizing. And that is the significance of God's law. Let's say it another way. That, that instrument that declares, defines righteousness. It is a righteous reason why the children of Israel is entering to the promised land. They are following righteousness. And the message for us is this. If we want to find the will of God, we want to be in his will, then we need to be pursuing the righteous things of God. And how do we do that? Well, we're to learn that in this third chapter. So look with me to verse 1. The book of Joshua, chapter 3, and verse, verse 1. We read here. And Joshua got up early in the morning. Now, you hear that, and if we're not trained, we simply think, well, this is happening early on in the morning. It is. But there's greater revelation than just that. We find that when the word morning is mentioned, it has a purpose. And that is, morning represents revelation. A declaring, a revealing of something. It also is related to worship. We, we seek God first in the morning. There's an emphasis on dedicating that, that beginning of the morning to the Lord scripturally. So we see that the children of Israel under Yahushua's leadership, they are pursuing God. They want to worship God. And this is going to reveal to us some important truth about the attitude that we should have when we're pursuing God and we want to worship him. Again, verse 1. And Joshua, he got up early in the morning, and they, now he got up, but it's under his leadership that this leadership is going to impact all the children of Israel. And they traveled from Shittim. Some will say the Acacia Grove, but this place called Shittim in Hebrew. And they came to the Jordan. Now, we see something here. We see shatim, which is the same word for the substance, that is the wood, 
that the Ark of the Covenant was made from. Now, we know it was covered with, with gold, but, but what's emphasized first and foremost about the Ark of the Covenant is that it was made, before it was covered with pure gold, it was made from acacia wood. And then we see that they come to this place called the Jordan. And that word Jordan, Yarden, comes from a Hebrew word which means to go down and, scholars tell us, it has a, a connection to humility. Now, all of this is going to come together in a very significant way in a moment. So they traveled from Shittim, literally from the Shittim, this area, and they came to the Jordan. Him, meaning Joshua, and all the children of Israel. So when it says they traveled, the subject is Joshua. He's being emphasized and all the children of Israel. And they came to the Jordan, but notice it says, Vayalinu Sham, they lodged there. Now it's a verb, but it's where we get the modern Hebrew word for a hotel. So they lodged there, they stayed there before they will cross. Now they're there for a purpose. Nothing happens in the scripture by chance. So they do not immediately cross the Jordan River, but they lodge there. Why? Well, look now to verse 2. And it came about at the end of three days. Now, this should be significant to us because the number three, an important number, also speaks of revealing something, documenting something, proving it, that there's a test that teaches us something. So they're there three days. Now notice, when the children of Israel came to Mount Sinai, Moses told the people, prepare yourselves, because in three days, what's going to happen? There's going to be that revelation, that giving of, in Exodus 20, we're talking about Exodus 19, where three days, you know, prepare yourself, sanctify yourselves, for in three days, what was done? A Aseret Hadibrot. The, the speaking forth, the proclamation of the Ten Commandments. So three days always has to do with something of significance to be expecting, beholding, watching for. So three days, at the end of three days, it came about that, that the, the shotrim, shotrim, some Bibles will say officers, but this could be the word katsin, which is like a military officer this is a different word entirely and it speaks about those who in modern hebrew today it speaks about a police officer and the message here with this word is one that keeps maintains or establishes order so god is revealing in three days something's going to happen you need to be ready for that. You need to be in the order of God. You need to see things from his standpoint. So at the end of three days, it came about that the officers, in this case, like police officers, they passed into the midst of the camp. So they went into passing through the midst of the camp. Verse 3. 
And they commanded the people, saying, As you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites. Now, it might be translated better, the Levitical priests. We know that every priest, from a Torah perspective, is from the tribe of Levites. Now, we have within within that tribe Levites, and those who are part of the household, the family of Aharon, are the priests. So here, these two words are put together, Kohanim and Levim, speaking about the Levitical priests. So he says, middle of, of verse 3, As you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the Levitical priests, the ones who carry it, and you, you shall travel from your place, and you shall go after it, walk, follow after it. So there's going to be, without any doubt, you'll see it yourself, there's going to be an emphasis upon the Ark of the Covenant. Now, nothing happens in the Bible by chance. Everything has to do with revelation. And what we see here is, in order for the children of Israel, under Joshua's leadership, and this name Joshua is related to the same root, the same word where we get Yeshua's name from. Here he's called Yehoshua, compared to Yeshua. Now, there's another place in the scripture where Yehoshua, Joshua the son of Dun, is called directly that same name, Yeshua. For example, in the book of Nehemiah, the book of of Nehemiah and chapter 8. So it's interesting that in the same way that Joshua, the son of Nun, brought the children into the promised land, it's Yeshua, the son of God, who brings them ultimately into that, that kingdom experience. There's a paradigm. There is something that relates to one of, of two things. What two things? The crossing of the Jordan entering into the land of Israel and the departure from this world and entering into the kingdom of God. And what's being taught here gives us insight and shows us what we should be doing in order to be pursuing that kingdom experience. So verse verse 3 at the end, and you, meaning you all, you plural, you shall travel from your place where you are and you shall shall follow after it, meaning after the, the Ark of the Covenant, verse 4. Now, verse 4 has a purpose, and it's simply this, to show respect for the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant speaks about God's presence, we know, from the book of Numbers, chapter 7 and verse 89 that the Shekhinat Hashem, the, the dwelling presence of God, His glorious dwelling presence, was upon the Ark of the Covenant. Between the Shnei Kruvin, the two cherubim, upon the Kaport, that mercy seat, that throne of grace. And, and we see that the Ark of the Covenant relates to the presence of God, but also the law of God, the commandments of God. 
and there is an inherent relationship between these two things now many within in christianity don't know this some just reject it but the fact of the matter is there is a close relationship between the presence of god and the commandments of god when we submit to the instructions of the word of god we are going to be brought into god's presence and when we submit to his instructions his words his commandments what are we doing we're trusting in him see remember where we began with our call to worship you are either going to be leaning on your own understanding what's the outcome of that you reject the instructions of god or you trust god and when you trust god you're going to rely upon his word his instructions his commandments look at verse four he says surely a distance will be between you and between it meaning between you and between the ark of the covenant and he tells us how much approximately or like 2000 cubits in measurement he says do not go near unto it on account of which so show respect don't draw near to it keep that distance that distance of respect acknowledging the presence of god why he says lama'an asher titu on account of for the sake of that you will know the way which you will go on it so if we're going to receive this revelation and this is what this chapter is about remember three days three a number of revelation in the morning also emphasizing revelation and what Yeshua is saying is this you have a journey to make you need to travel on the right way and only when we follow this ark that represents the instructions of god the presence of god only when we're following it showing respect honoring it then and only then you will know the way which you are to go on it for you have not passed in this way yesterday or three days ago now this is an expression when it says mit mit mo shilshom it means you've never experienced this you've never traveled this way before not only have you not traveled this way but you haven't experienced such a journey now what's being emphasized here is a newness now the children of israel are being led by the ark of the covenant that is they're following the presence of god let's say it a different way they're following the instructions of god and here's the takeaway for us it is only when we submit to the instructions of god then we're going to be brought into the presence of god and it's only when we are concerned about righteousness because the law defines righteousness the law is not an instrument that makes me righteous but the law teaches me what is righteous and what is unrighteous and he says you've never passed that's the implication ki lo avartim baderk for you have not passed in in this way not yesterday or not three days ago meaning you've never have verse five and yahushua he says to the people 
Very important. Tit Kadesh. Now, it's in the plural, so it would be Tit Kadeshu, which means sanctify yourselves. What does that mean? Now, we're all familiar. We've all heard this term, sanctify yourselves. But how do we do that? Some people, well, you just pray. No, there's much more to it than that. Just praying is not going to to produce sanctification in your life. Understand this word for sanctification, it has as its root the word kadosh, holy. So sanctifying, being sanctified relates to holiness. And we've learned over and over and over that, that holiness represents, relates to the purposes of of God so when he says sanctifies yourselves what he's saying is you be ready to do the purposes of God now it's very simple God's not bringing the children of Israel into the land of Israel the promised land for their purpose he's bringing them in everything God has done redeemed them brought them out of Egypt he's he's taught them for 40 years do not trust in yourselves but but live a dependent life upon me that's the message of those 40 years in the wilderness and now those 40 years have been completed and it's time to cross over for righteousness to live and do righteousness which is seen only in the purposes of god so he says hit kadeshu sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do in your bits niflod wondrous thanks now i hope you see the progression we submit to the instructions of god that's what yeshua is doing he's telling the people what they must do in order that they have this transformation in their life they leave the wilderness experience god says that's complete now you're supposed to cross over this jordan jordan meaning hum- humility in a humble way cross over when you are humble you're going to not be relying upon your own understanding but you are going to be trusting in god that trusting in god what do we learn brings us into the presence of god and we're brought into the presence of god with the desire for righteousness and for fulfilling the purposes of God. And when we are committed to those things, God is going to work wonders where he says here, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders, and what's emphasized? Bekir Bechem, in your midst. Verse, verse 6. And Joshua said to the priests, saying, lift up the ark of the covenant and pass before the people and they lifted up the ark of the covenant and they went before the people so we see something why is that verse there to teach us god gives instructions and you're supposed to carry it out we see that the priests are giving an example they are taking the ark of the covenant they are going in the midst of the people why this shows that god wants to be among them that god is is teaching them about his purposes 
his presence in their life what it's all about it is preparation for his visiting the people is preparation for them obeying him now there's a a very important word that we see throughout scripture and it's three hebrew letters pay kuf and dalit and it speaks about and there's many different ways this is translated but it means god being in the situation placing himself there in modern hebrew it's a word for for depositing money in like a bank account so putting something in god is visiting he's bringing himself into the midst of the people in order that that they following him can step in to the promised land meaning step take hold of the promises of god look again at at verse 6 and joshua said to the priests speaking take the ark of the covenant pass before the people they lifted up the ark of the covenant and they went before the people verse 7 and the lord said to yahushua to joshua this day i will begin to magnify exalt literally the word for great i will will make you great in the eyes of all of israel whom they knew that that they will know the purpose is that they will know that just as i was with moses i will be with you so god here is saying i am going to exalt you yeshua and they're going to see the greatness now is it because he's great it's because he was given a great assignment a very important distinction to make people average people are given some great things to do and god will lift these people up but for the purposes that belong to him it's not making him great but making him great meaning respected and close to god in the eyes of the people just like moses was seen by the people as close to god his representative verse verse 8 and you will command the priests the ones who carry the ark of the covenants saying as you come speaking to the priests as you come meaning when the priests come to the end of the water of the jordan meaning when they they step to the 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 banks when they're on the banks of the jordan river it says in the jordan meaning in that river you shall stand so you come to the end to the end of the bank and he says just don't stop there but you stand in notice what he says you stand in the jordan verse 9 and joshua said to the children of israel goshu hena which means come here approach here and and they will hear the words of the lord your god now notice they will hear it's all about revelation they are going to themselves hear the word of god so what's happening here well god is taking this day he's he's sanctifying it meaning 
it's a day set apart for his purposes so the people can find themselves moving into the will of god when we move into the will of god we're moving into the promises of god the blessings of god god's doing this not because he needs them there he's doing it because he wants to bless them he wants to use them god can accomplish everything on his own but he chooses it's a blessing to be called into his service now there is a a false teaching that that we need to deal with briefly and and it's amazing to me that that this is popular people are teaching that that we need to give god a legal right to do something that's heresy anyone who speaks about this this legality of god being able being made legal to do something is is speaking heresy god does not need us whatsoever we fully totally need him god does not need us to give him a legal right to do something he is the sovereign god he is the king and therefore us having to be used by god for god to accomplish something is heresy god does not need us god can do whatever he wants and he wants to do that which is good that which is holy that which is righteous that which manifests his character so those who witness god's activity will respond by worshiping him that is god's order so he says look again at verse 9 and joshua said to the sons or the children of israel uh, approach here and you will hear the words of the lord your god now it could be they will hear or you will hear verse 10 and yahushua said in this you shall know that a living god or we could say the living god is in your midst now what is god going to do god is and here's what's important when we look at the language of the text god is going to show the people his victory god is going to take possession of the land for the children of israel because if you look here look carefully verse 10 once more and joshua said with this you shall know that the living God is in your midst when he will utterly or certainly take possession. That's a word of inheritance. So it can be to take possession of, to inherit, however you want to translate that, from before you. He's going to do it before you. And he's going to take possession before you in your presence of who? of the Canaanites, the Chittites, the Chivites, the Perizzites, the Gergashites, the Amorites, and the Jesuits. Now, notice seven nations are mentioned here. Why seven? Because seven relates to purpose. God is moving to fulfill his purpose. And when the purposes of God are fulfilled, the people of God are blessed. Very important principle. When God's purposes are fulfilled, the people of God will be blessed. Therefore, if I want blessing in my life, 
It's not that I give God the legal right to do it, but rather I submit to his instructions. Submitting to his instructions, being humbled in the presence of God, brings me into the presence of God so that God will work his work in me, through me. This is what God's doing. Look at verse 11. Behold, now the Ark of the Covenant has been mentioned many, many times in chapter 3. But notice it's being emphasized if we fail to, to comprehend that it's being emphasized. We see that ver- word in verse 11, Hine, behold. Behold the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord over all the earth, passes before you in the Jordan. Jordan relates to humility. God moves in your presence when you are humble before him. You cannot overestimate or emphasize the importance of of humility in order to be drawn into the presence of God, to be used by God. In fact, if you're prideful, if you are selfish, if you want to exalt yourself, you will not be used by God. So he makes it very clear here. Look again at the text. He says in, in verse verse 11, Behold the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord over all the earth. He passes the construction of that is also a, a emphatic construction. Over, he passes before you in the Jordan. Verse 12. And now take for yourselves... 12 men from the tribes of Israel. One man, one man from from every tribe. Now, we see here the number 12. The number 12 is a kingdom number. Now, I received a very fine question. Someone asked me and heard me say this in a different message, saying, well, where do we know that from? Great question. Verify what you're hearing. Ask for a biblical citation for that view. And when we go, for example, to the book of Revelation and we're dealing with the New Jerusalem, we see that the number 12, whether it's 12 or 12 times 12, 144 or 12,000 times 12,000, 144,000, when we see those numbers, 12, 144, 144,000, all of these relate to 12, which is a kingdom. All of this is being emphasized within the context of the new Jerusalem, that final state, and it's an eternal state of the kingdom of God. So 12 tribes, there's 12 tribes because God has a kingdom purpose with who? These 12 tribes, let's say it another way, with the children of Israel. And it is is so sad. That, that a growing number of evangelical teachers feel that there's no longer any significance with the land of Israel, with the tribes of Israel, all of that they believe is, is done away with. They try to justify it by saying they're a covenant-breaking people. Well, even in the midst of disobedience, God, he is going to bring restoration to those who have a covenant with him.
Now that should be an encouragement for those who are part of the new covenant because we see God doing with those who are part of the old covenant. God's faithfulness is to his covenant people. It's emphasized. Look now to verse 13. And it came about as the soul of the feet of the priests who are the priests the ones who carry the ark of the lord the ark of the lord spoken of the lord over all the earth now there's a word here okay noah noah is the word for for resting or to to place something to set something at a location to rest it there and what it says and in order to translate it in english we have to play a little bit with the word order if we translate it literally it says and it came about as rested the soles of the feet of the priests the ones who carry the ark of the lord the lord and it's a different word for lord here the first one is hashem the second one is adon the lord of all the earth when when their feet the feet of the priest the sole of the feet touched or were rested upon the waters of the jordan what happened the waters of the jordan they were cut and this means a separation now what's interesting to know is that this word for cutting is a covenant word i've shared with you many many times in hebrew you cannot say la sot brit la sot is to make brit is covenant you can't use that term la sot brit it's not proper hebrew likrot brit you have to cut a covenant so every time the bible says to make a covenant it uses this unique word and this word is appearing here for cutting cutting the waters of the jordan river and this is important because these waters of the jordan they are cut and the waters that that come down from up above meaning that flow downstream notice what it says in the verse 13 and they stood waters is always plural in hebrew so they stood meaning the water stood as one heap so the waters were cut some continued on and it became dry there that other that was there where the waters were cut a mound a heap of of water was established that's what the scripture is saying now it came about supernaturally it was god remember what it says you're going to see wonders in your midst today literally when god said it the next day which is this day god's going to work mightily and notice the next part verse 14 and it came about when the people traveled from their tents to pass over the jordan the priests again it always tells us the priests the ones who carry the ark of the covenants ark of the covenant before the people they were doing this and when the ones who carry the ark entered into the jordan the feet of the priests again the priests the ones who cover the ark when these feet we could say dipped they came into and they dipped in the end of the water so they came they went before the people the people beheld this they came to the end of the bank what were they told to do to stand in the water and when their feet entered into the water the water stopped the water was cut 
and now we're seeing that having been told to us is now taking place literally and what happens well this water and realize something this water the jordan river was much stronger then 3500 years ago than it is now because it says the jordan it would fill up all its banks all the days of the harvest meaning it was a powerful it was an abundant river now we look at it and people we see this some people scoffed at the jordan but when it came time for harvest something miraculous took place so if you were looking for the unusual you saw the hand of god and this jordan river it was a humble river yarden means just that but it had a powerful result all the days of the harvest it would overflow it would fill up its banks verse 16 but what would happen here it had a history of overflowing the banks but here it says the waters stood what waters the waters that came down from above that water that came from upstream and it says they stood how did these waters stand once more nedachad as one heap now this word for one is related to god we pray tonight shema yisrael hashem elokeinu hashem echad this this mound of water this one mound reason why it's called in in the hebrew text if we look at it carefully why it's called by the way that it is is to tell us ned is a heap echad ned echad this belonged to god god was the one who brought this about and what happens well we see here that this took place very far from adam this is a a location the city which was was from the side of sartan now here is another place so these names are given adam be sartan why in order to show where it actually took place and it says look at the the second part of verse 16 this water that stood in one heap that went down upon the the sea the sea of the arava this is the the sea that's near the yam hamelach the dead sea although yam hamelach literally means the salt sea and it says here that that it it stood literally tamu it came to an end and what happens well here we see that it stood at an end because it had been been cut to do that made to do that put in this type of position verse verse 7 16 at the end and the people passed through where before jericho verse 17 our last verse and the priests stood who are the priests the ones over and over were told this the ones who carry the ark of the covenant of the lord they stood how well they were told to stand upon the water they did or stand in the water but notice they were standing on dry land in the midst of the jordan and then we have a word for being established made firm they were on because they were submitting to the instructions of god they were on solid ground firm ground and all of israel passed through on this dry land until they came to the end 
So in the same way that the water stopped, it had an end, the water remained this way until the end of all the nation. Now, what's important is this. The word here for nation is the word goy. And I've shared many times that prophetically, when, when God is pleased with Israel, he calls them goy. Now, that may be surprising for some because we think of a goy as Gentile, one who has no covenant relationship. But if we go back to the promise, and I'm speaking about the promise in the Abrahamic covenant, that God says he's going to make this nation, goy gadol, a great nation. And this word repeats in regard to Israel being called a goy. Why? When we submit to God's instructions, when we are pursuing righteousness, how do we pursue righteousness? By faith in the instructions of God. Let me say it another way. When we behave faithfully in obeying his commandments. And what happens? Well, this is going to bring us into becoming what God wants us to be. Israel is called to be Goy Gadol, a great nation. So this term Goy is used in regard to Israel to show it's these principles. Submitting to God following his instructions that causes God to be in your midst to do wondrous wondrous things that fulfill his purpose again all of verse 17 and the priests the ones who carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord they stood upon dry land in the midst of the Jordan and they stood there firmly and all of Israel passed upon dry land until it came to an end what did all the nation pass and they came to its conclusion all the nation passed over the Jordan River so realize everything that God gives to us in his word has a purpose and this shows us that that Israel comes into the will of God into the promises of God in order to become the people of God because they were following God how do they do that by pursuing his instructions by wanting to do his commandments in order to pursue righteousness so ask yourself the question are you pursuing righteousness and if you are how do you know that because righteousness is always related to the instructions of God left to ourselves when we lead upon our own understanding we are not going to know the righteousness of God it begins with faith to be declared righteous to be saved to be brought into this new covenant it's by faith but that faith is going to demonstrate itself by obeying righteous instructions this brings us to where God wants us to be not just that we're there but we will be able to be used by him to carry out his purposes a very important chapter We'll close now. Until next week, Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. 
Shalom from Israel.